Like a lady can't go through a plate glass window and go to bed with you five seconds later. But guys can have head-on collisions with Greyhound buses in disaster areas. Everybody's laying dead on the highway. Not only the hospital and the ambulance, the guy makes play for the nurse. Uh, howdy, Barrett. Who that my name? Oh, uh, 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 hello, Uncle Remus. Here's to me that you was in a powerful bad mood to go to the party. I ain't going to no party, because I ain't going to be here. I'm going to leave this old place. You mean you leaving your old briar patch? <laughs> oh, shit, here we go. It's on. Race war. Race war. Race war. Race war's on, everybody. It's going down. Shit is going down. <laughs> Welcome to Last Man on Earth. My name is Lex Jurgen. As always, I'm flanked by Matt Ralston. During our week off last week, Matt built himself a safe space. Within hours, that safe space tested positive for HIV and filed a discrimination lawsuit against itself. What a fucking asshole. So it doesn't even make any sense. This week's show is sponsored by your shitty fantasy football team. Only three weeks into the season, you're already well behind at least two alcoholics and a functional retard. Your shitty fantasy football team, because betting on Sam Bradford year after year never gets old. <laughs> Who does pick Sam? I know people pick Sam Bradford every year for the last like six years. This is every year is me Sam Bradford's breakout year. There's always a guy in the fantasy team who has him every year. I I think that ESPN and all these other networks they just have so little to actually talk about. So some guy always is just watching some other asshole on TV and he's like picks the hot picks for this year. Yes. Sam Bradford and he goes, yeah. I'm- I'm so smart. I did all this research, and then yes. his team sucks. Or that, or that guy who always picks the same player every year. He just <laughs> persistently picks that player every year. Yeah. This determined because he had one good year like seven years ago, an amazing year seven years ago. The saddest part is the guy that, that runs the league and is in last place. Because yeah, really you know that he's... you know the, commi- he actually, the commissioner? Yeah, he went to the trouble of recruiting everyone. I don't even watch football. I'm kicking his ass. I kind of yes, drunkenly I drafted a bunch of random people. I always wonder who, who uh, allows himself volunteers to be commissioner. And they're, Yeah, you're right. They're always a weak, the weakest link. Usually people that need a short-term loan. Yes. <laughs> Collect, they're very big on collecting the cash. Yeah, yeah. On getting PayPal. <laughs> uh, if you wish to contact the show, hit us up on Twitter at Last Man Podcast or on Facebook also at Last Man Podcast. All right, on to the show. Uh, Matt, I know that uh, various uh, state sexual laws forbid you from going to any amusement parks uh, <laughs> since that incident at Great America. Knott'sberry mm. uh, Farm, which uh, I always I just know from their jams and jellies, are delicious. I've never yeah I've never been to the park. No, I don't, I don't know their jams either. What you don't know Knott's jams them. and jam- well they're in all the gro- they're in all the grocery stores and they're deliciously filled with sugar and other crap. Uh, they used to just have uh, jams and jellies and some little hay rides, and now fifty years later they have. Mega roller coasters and a lot of gangbanging going. Do they serve like jam, like peanut butter and jelly sandwiches at the thing, or does it have? Yeah, I don't know. Do I'm just reading from the old Wikipedia page. <laughs> there was like it started about the same time as Disneyland, but they were like the country version of the country farmer version of that. Right, right. So it was like the state fair version of that. They made not made not farm made a lot of uh, berries. That's why they're not berry farm. Hmm. Still kind of a gay name for amusement park if you, if you break it down. Uh, Anyhow, not totally not gay. Okay. The uh, theme of attraction had every October they become Knott's Berry Farm becomes Knott's Scary Farm. Oh, yeah, who who came up with that one? <laughs> uh, Knott's Scary Farm actually has some pretty wicked, amazingly haunted houses, haunted house attractions every year. They spend a shitload of money on them. They're apparently the best in the country in terms of 
if you're one of those guys, are you one of those guys who likes going to amusement parks and being having the shit scared out of them? Um, I don't like being scared, but I also don't mind like haunted houses because I'm not a pussy. But when it gets into the interactive stuff, when it's like, and they have like real homeless people grab you, I'm like, uh, no, absolutely fucking not. That I, I agree with you. I, I don't. I kind of like haunted houses. I don't like when people touch you. I do not yeah. like being touched by strangers. Yeah. Uh, and if you if you were to imagine they're all hot women, it still doesn't work because the lights come out at some point and you see it is like homeless dudes like, recruited, yeah, yeah. Off, <laughs> recruited off the street. Did you hear about the one that they? They're doing these escape houses now, which is a similar concept, but I don't think it's even relegated to Halloween. They essentially lock you in a place and you have to escape, and I don't want any part of that either. No, I don't like being. Lo- I don't want to pay money to be locked in somewhere. That seems like a really bad idea. Well, yeah, because I know who fucking operates these things. <laughs> yeah, the carnies. Yeah, <laughs> like they're not going to go get high and forget about you. <laughs> go through your wallet. Go through. Here, lock your stuff. I'll put all your valuables in here while you're locked in the yeah, escape room. A bad idea. Man. Yeah, it is. I don't. Yeah, yeah. And then you always there's gonna be an article one day about 17 people killed in one of those. And you're like, oh, no one saw this coming. You're not going to be surprised. <laughs> Fucking A. So Nasbury Farm has this cool thing for Not Scary Farm this year. It's the Oculus Rift. Uh, I'm not into virtual reality. I'm very into reality. Uh, the idea of virtual reality to me seems like, outside of pornography, mm-hmm. I don't get the use of it. I don't, outside of immersing yourself in a real VR experience, I can see the, the benefit to pornography of that. Outside of that, right. I don't really want to feel like I'm flying so much. It doesn't really, that doesn't really impress me all that much. Or, or beating, beating people up, maybe. Maybe I can see that. I don't know. If they get really good, I mean, the porn thing, obviously, it'd probably be better off to fuck a real chick, but. Yeah, it's not always an option, and just like you can't always go jet skiing, I don't know, it might might yeah. relieve stress. It's fine. Anytime people put g- goggles or headsets on, I get really nervous. That's another thing that makes me really nervous. Yeah, I feel like that's those. Are, it's always the wrong people to put on the headsets. I don't like that. I just picture like you know my kid just never leaving his house and jerking off on the couch for yes. perpetuity. Yeah, they'll be in the yeah exactly. It can't be good for the brain, but it is good for a scare. And so the Oculus Rift uh, people. Uh, Sponsored this really cool. Look, really. I mean, I don't know if you read it. I think I sent you the article. It looked like a really cool haunted feature. They filmed this horror movie, basically set inside a mental asylum, where everyone's every shit, go, everything goes nuts, and then the mental patients turn into zombies and start eating you. Yeah. Basically, sounds scary. Yeah, and they put you in a wheelchair. They put you in a fucking wheelchair. <laughs> put the Oculus thing over your head. Then they put you in a in a rusty wheelchair, and they like roll you through this experience while you really feel like you're in this mental hospital and zombies are attacking you. And it says even like. You feel like hypodermic needles are being pressed into your skin. That that part didn't sound so good. But. That is, yeah, that's where to me it crosses the line. <laughs> yeah, like, like I don't want the same. Yes. I, I don't care what it is. If it's a toothpick, I don't yeah. care if you're changing the thing. I don't know how that part works, but get the fucking get that away from you me. You don't you don't you don't want VR AIDS. <laughs> no, I just virtual, I, it's just virtual reality AIDS. Don't worry about it. you're gonna be you're gonna be okay. No, that can't be good for your dreams at night. Anyhow, so the people, what happened was everyone like was looking forward to going on this attraction. It was supposedly amazing. And you're in this inside this horror movie, like a four minute horror movie scene that's gonna scare the fucking living daylights out of you, which is amazing and a good way to get laid afterwards and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but the mental health professionals, fuck the mental health professionals, right? I don't know what they're doing, but they sent a letter to Knott's Berry Farm saying, look, you're stigmatizing mental illness, and that's not right. And this, The ride was called 5150. The attraction was called 5150, which I always think of the really crappy Van Halen album, by the way. Oh. I don't know why. They, they had a... Yes, they had an album called 5150. After David Lee Roth left, they went to 5150, uh, and they added all the shitty keyboards and stuff like that, which is... Always made me hate that number. Is that um, like a national thing? The fifty-one fifty. I think so. It's it's be a it's a psychiatric hole without your permission, right? When the right. cops 
deem you too dangerous to be out, out on your own. It seems like they do a pretty good job, actually, of walking the line between uh, this guy should be committed because he's got crazy political beliefs yes. and like, oh, this guy really is going to kill someone. Yeah, I think that you have to get like whatever the notes from the doctors and all that kind of stuff. You have to be an imminent danger to yourself or others. And it seems to me like I don't really I feel like there's still enough crazy people that aren't committed that they haven't got everybody yet. So I don't think you're, I don't think they're over. I think it's like jail. You have to let ten crazy people go before you yes. uh, lock up. And by the way, if you uh, knew if you knew someone had a fifty one fifty on their rec on their on their resume, yeah, as much as you might believe they overdo it on fifty one fifties, you still wouldn't let that person babysit your kids. So no, like, no, I wouldn't even you let just, them in my house. You just assume that it was pretty accurate. So they 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 Nottsbury Farm agreed the stigmatization. They were going to get rid of this fifty one fifty name. And that was not enough for uh, Rick and uh, Katie Warren. Uh, Rick Warren, uh, you may know, you don't know, I already asked you, uh, wrote The Purpose Driven Life, a novel, the uh, highest-selling self-help novel in the history of, I don't know, 2013 or something. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was a book that everybody who had a troubled person in their family bought them, which is why I'm surprised you don't have it. (laughs) (laughs) Like seven seven copies or so from, like, last five Christmases. Uh, But he's also an evangelical minister at the Saddleback Church in Orange County, which is a massive mega church. I love the word mega church, by the way. Because as much as church, churches frighten me, mega churches scares the shit out of me. Mega church to me makes me more willing to go because it's like I could sneak away, blend in. I feel like they might have slot machines in there. I don't know. I've never been. <laughs> you like a mega mall or mega amusement park? It's I feel not like the same. There'd be a lot of chicks there. No one's really that into it. I think what it means is you got about you got a TV channel for one, and it means you got about a hundred thousand followers who can like fucking bend people to their political will as they, as they wish. Right. So Rick Warren, uh, Rick and uh, his wife, they lost their son three years ago to mental, uh, mental, committed suicide. He was mentally ill for some long period of time. So they wrote you think a... think that has anything to do with being raised by a mega church uh, cult leader? I think, yeah, I'm going to go 50, 50, 50, uh, you know, mental illness, <laughs> 50, 50 being raised in a mega church <laughs> and being forced to read The Purpose Driven Life over and over again. Uh, I think he got to the end of that book and just said, no, that's, I'm choosing no. Right. <laughs> um, but he and, he and his wife wrote a very publicly open letter to Knott's Farm talking about how their son died, which, of course, is very rough, and that you're stigmatizing mental illness, and we want you to shut the whole ride down. Mm-hmm. At that point, Knott's Farm scratched their heads, and two minutes later, shut the whole fucking attraction down across, at, their, at the Knott's Farm and the two other, farm, uh, two other uh, amusement parks owned by the same company. They just caved, like... Right uh, away, they cave like you went like fucking Jesus was on the mound. They mountain. caved like, like Al Qaeda. Uh, it was. I mean, uh, it was. They didn't. They put out some letters saying, "Oh, just so you know, we're caving, but we're not saying we did anything wrong." Of course, and this was not going to stigmatize mental illness. Well, here's my question to you, Matt. Let's say this ocular VR rift experience really did stigmatize and, and put a shine of ill light on the mentally ill. Mm-hmm. Is there anything wrong? Is there anything wrong with that? No. No, I don't. I think that's what like. A ton of movies do because we're sort of, as a society, fascinated. By the way, that's what makes it a cool, successful, and scaring you thing is that, you know, we're, we're kind of obsessed with this precipice of scary or not. That's it's like almost every great movie I can think of has something to do with that theme. And yeah, you could, like Taxi Driver, for example, or The Shining or whatever. I mean, you could argue that they're stigmatizing it, but. Um, you know, it's scary. Like mentally ill people are the people that kill you. Yes. That, that will that will murder you. Yeah, like the Manson family, and not just like murder you because they caught you cheating, or murder you because they were drunk driving, but actually like spend seven years plotting dismemberment of you and your entire entire community and putting you in the stuffing you in the freezer. Right. I mean, they're the, the mentally ill people by by definition are the most fucking frightening people in this country. Yeah, I, I was trying to think if it actually is stigmatizing the mentally ill. 
and I don't know if it is or not, but I know I don't care, and I <laughs> know that no one else that would go on the ride would care either, or uh, there aren't that many people that cared. In fact, I think the counter petition, I, I believe, has way more signatures than the initial one to... Well, yeah, um, and they, they, so Rick Warren, in a letter, Rick and his wife wrote in a letter, like, you're not going to make it, is this an illness? It's a medical illness, and you're not going to make a scary a ride, an amusement park ride out of, like, heart attacks or cancer. Uh, yeah, you're not going to, that's true. Those would be very unpopular, by the way. Uh, yeah, no one at, would go on the but, cancer But at the same ride. time, just because someone has lung cancer doesn't mean they're going to start dressing up like a clown and murdering children in the neighborhood. So it really is the mentally ill who... Cancer <laughs> is truly a slow killer, so yes. it doesn't make for a real thrilling premise. No. Whereas getting stabbed to death in a park yeah. kind of comes up on you. At, I mean, course. realistically, all the gruesome, gory, scary things that happen in our society happen because of crazy people. Because by definition, you have to be crazy to, to do shit like that. Right. You know, it's not just anyone who like starts going around like fucking killing random people. Those people are all mentally ill, and that's who kids and and people are scared of. Well, the word stigma is is tricky because, on the one hand, yes, we need to stigmatize the mentally ill. Like if they apply for a job as a train operator, <laughs> yes, for example, right. then we need to say, well, no, you can't have that because you're fucking crazy. Yes, I um, always wonder why in those check boxes are always asking you like, are you. Non-white, uh, not white, uh, Hispanic, non-Hispanic, Hispanic, Black Island, Pacific Island. What about? Are you fucking crazy? <laughs> do, you, do you have thoughts about killing? You're not allowed to ask those questions. By I think the way. that's what the interview process is for. <laughs> I don't think you're allowed to ask that. But yeah, I mean, the point is, yes, it's th- these movies, like you know, whatever, all the Freddy Krueger movies, all these movies, scary movies about the you mentioned the Shining, anything they do, they're all deranged people and mentally ill. Any any premise of that, yes, it makes the mentally ill look bad. But they are bad. I don't, I don't mean like they're bad people. They grew up being trying to be bad people, but they are dangerous people, and that's what we're scared of. Yeah, it's, it's just the question of, you know, does someone do bad things because they're inherently a bad person or not? Or, you know, whether or not they're conscious of it, they're still doing these things, you know? Yeah. So I, I don't really care. The, the result is really what I care about. So I'm not saying, oh, you know, your, your son is schizophrenic. You know that I'm not saying fuck him or anything, but yes. I'm not saying I'm gonna go not go out of my way to live my fucking life the way just because your kids all fucked up, right? And isn't it at the end of the day, isn't it the fact that people who shut down fun like Rick, Rick and Katie weren't people who shut down the kids having a good time are never ever listened to? In fact, it's the opposite. Yeah, like everyone just rebel. Everyone you, people rebel against censorship, right? So when, when the principal walks in or the parent walks in and shuts down the party. They never listen to the lecture the lecture that comes along with it, right? No, it's never going to help your cause. It's just going to, you know, make you seem like like annoying blowhards, which is what these people are. Yeah, so. they probably everyone who was going to now so all the gangbangers are hanging out not not very far. I like saying gangbangers by the way. They've had a lot of gang activity there. Uh, who were going to go on this ride, you know what they're going to do now? They're going to go uh, be, beat up like mentally ill homeless people. That's what's going to happen. Yeah. Unintended consequence. And unintended. by the way, if you if if you want to talk about mental illness, let's go ahead and take a look at the demographics of the people showing up to your church, <laughs> and see how you're really contributing to this to this issue. Because you're telling a, a host of poor people that that a guy is watching their every move, and it's an evangelical church, right? Yes. You're essentially making people more mentally ill than they already are. So let's just throw that out there. I like that you tied in uh, dis- dislike of the church uh, to mental illness and the fact they shut down your rides in Asbury Farm. Uh, next true. time, bring us. <laughs> Do you think the church, are the church, the, when someone shows up to the church and talks to a priest in the little booth like they do in the movies, do they ever go, hey, you know what? 
uh, it's really fucked up. Maybe you should go see a shrink. No. <laughs> they go, well, you know, let's say uh, these three prayers and then go shoot the place up later. Cause, uh, and, and then they have a special privilege, by the way, that the priest doesn't have to say what the other person said to him. Uh, That's true. Although I will point out, as a non, even as a non-Christian, you are blending Catholicism with evangelical Christianity. <laughs> pretty, pretty loose. It's the same premise. <laughs> All right. Let's move on. Let's get some not Just keep the jam. Keep the jams and jellies flowing. I'm, I'm fine with that shit. Stop <laughs> shutting down fun. Like I said, the guy the guy who walks in the room and shuts down the party is never listened to after that. Everyone just hates that person. Yeah, so. fuck him. Good luck. Purpose-driven life. Uh, at least no one said anything shitty about his son. All right, Matt. Let me ask you. Uh, Donald Trump's in trouble this week. Uh, he was fat shaming. Uh, he had the. I don't. Did you watch it? The, the, what the so-called? I'm going to call it the so-called debate because I'm going to be really high and mighty and call it the so-called debate. Since <laughs> I don't think that resembled debate in any single any manner whatsoever. I watched most of it. Yeah. It was. Uh, were you more scared by the fact that Trump's eyes never opened, or the fact that Hillary Clinton's eyes never closed? Uh, well, she. They both kind of freak me out, but her more so. He he's more douchey. Um, I don't know, Jake LaMotta type. She's more of like, a, I believe, like a, an otherworldly sort yeah. of demon. Some fake, there's some, definitely a fake skin around a skeletal apparatus going on there. Yeah. There was a, Onion did a funny uh, little, I think it was a gif about how like she just had emergency chemotherapy before she came out. It was just like, she was just like, I mean, she looked like so, She, I mean, she looked, technically looked good. I mean, her skin was the right color. Her hair was done right. Her her suit was the fucking color of a fire truck with all the alarms on, and but she like technically looked okay, but it was like she looked too okay, you know, like over yeah. like like when they shoot an adrenaline shot into someone's chest and they jump up. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. And and her face is I don't know how it's possible to like smile and scowl at the same time. Yes. Like I've never really seen anyone's cheekbones be really high, but then. There and and this isn't sexist, by the way. It's not that she's really weird looking. It's just that the thoughts in her head yes. are controlling the the expressions that her body is making. She was trying very. She was very very well coached, by the way. He was not well coached at all. No, uh, she was extreme overly. She was the overly coached player, right? And so she was clearly coached to smile the entire time because the way they she knew the way the cameras were going to be on her the entire time, which was very creepy, by the way. Well, you know why they did that. Sp- it was creepy, that split screen, which they've never done. I heard that the reason they did that split screen is because Trump is a tall guy. Yes. And she's small. And, you know, uh, every single time in presidential history, the, the taller candidate has won. I'm not counting Bush because he wasn't elected. Um, I was wondering about that because he is, in the, in the thing, they clearly made her look like the same height. Yeah, he would look very he's imposing. A, he's a solid eight or nine inches taller than she is. Yeah. Uh, and also, just having old people's faces up on the screen for 90 minutes, it's, it's just jarring. It's, yeah, it's uncomfortable, and, it, and they've never shot one like that before, and it sucked. Whoever directed it should never work again, although I'm right, sure they were instructed from the top to I do it that I think they were way. instructed from the top to do, that, to do that as well. But here's my thing. So Trump made the comment, so... Uh, among her pre-programmed things she said, and by the way, I'm not, as we mentioned before, I'm not voting for Trump or Clinton. I, I think I could do without seeing either of them ever again. Yeah. Uh, but when, she was pre-programmed with her one-liner. She's pre-programmed with her now Donald. Like, she, like you know, she rehearsed that line like 30 times. You could tell the inflections and everything. Yeah. Uh, but one of the things was bring up this Alicia Machado person who was this Venezuelan Miss Universe contestant 20 years ago and this sexism and stuff and... Uh, you know, Machado was this woman who, in, in Donald Trump's very first Miss Universe pageant, he called her fad and Miss Piggy and like made fun of her putting on weight after she won Miss Universe. She wasn't an attractive woman who put on, he claims 60 pounds. Mm. She claims 10. No, uh, it was somewhere in the middle. Yeah, it was somewhere. It was too much to wear a bikini in. Uh, and he called her all these names. And I think he's called a lot of other women name, you know, bad names for her. But here's my question about that. Isn't Trump just 
one of us. I mean, is he different than any other guy, especially an older guy who grew up in that generation? Any other guy you know who they all say, all guys say stuff like that. They, well, all guys think this, and almost all guys say this. Well, most guys don't say that to women's face, to they other people's faces. They don't say it to women's faces, they don't say it on <laughs> to 82 million people. That's where Trump, I think, is a big asshole. He's like the he's at the at the tip of this. But the what I find is the hypocrisy of guy. I mean, women always hated guys like this, right? Well, other than when they wanted to marry him for money, but women in general always hated guys who made sexist comments. Mm-hmm. But guys always secretly kind of snicker, snicker, snickered at it, and they knew that like that was a good one. That's what I was thinking, right? right? And now guys are like they're just afraid to do that out loud so I don't know about you but in my social circles like all the guys are saying like oh what a sexist pig and what a jerk and how he mistreats women and all this stuff like that right. and I, guys are the same as they were 50 years ago so, we're, we're all the same we're just, we're just kowtowing I'm trying I to think, think on, what, on what level so say for example one of your friend's girlfriends put on really quick put on 40 pounds yeah if he was there and he was cool or if he just wasn't there you, you would all sit around for a period of time making yes. fat jokes about her yes and and laugh. Yes. And it'd be fun. I just thought of three while you were mentioning that. Yeah, but, or if he was like, if your friend's dating an ugly girl or she's a fact or whatever it is, I mean, yeah, that gets around pretty fast. But sh- so she. So but I, in, I had a friend who dated a girl who looked just like a sister, believe me. <laughs> Those jokes went around pretty fast. So in this scenario, he he started this Miss Universe and he bought the he bought the rights to it. So she wins the Miss Universe, and then your job is to go around. Um, uh, posing and acting like Miss Universe for a year, and then you're, you're done with that, and you get yes. paid pretty handsomely to do it. I think. Um, so, I mean, what if you hired someone to, uh, I don't know, for for a fitness supplement, yes. and and you said, you know, here's your job is to endorse this thing. You go around to gyms and you work out, and you're and you're jacked, and that's the whole point. I mean, if they gained. 40 pounds uh, in the in the next six months you'd be like well that contract's got to be void right and that's i think that's what trump what trump is defense is now trying to say is like look i everyone wanted to fire her fat ass basically and i was the one who wanted to keep give her a second chance and that's why i was like encouraging her to lose the weight that's what he said i, I don't mean, believe, by the way i don't believe anything he says so i think he is just a, a so jack- what was the thing he was he was showing up he was making her go to a gym and then he would <laughs> show, show up, up with the video camera and start videotaping her like what? It, what is that? Uh, I assume one of two things: either he's just that much of a control freak, or two, he was just making spank material before any of us were were, were old enough to be doing it. And I don't know. Call, and he would call her names. See, he was he was he was the wrong. But you know what? You and I have both have coaches before who've said very demeaning names. Adults, he said very demeaning names to us, probably. Yeah. To get, or other players uh, to you directly for you for me to other players who were not performing well. Uh, very demeaning, emasculating, embarrassing names. Right? Yeah. Probably called you pussy or pink panties or whatever the fuck they said, you know? Right. Uh, so we're, guys are used to that kind of that behavior. He's not able to turn that off when it comes to women. I don't know that he hates women. I think he's just unable to turn off that, that channel. Yeah, I would say in this instance, it's not like he was necessarily trying to hurt her feelings. He probably didn't care, but he was probably just looking at his bottom line and saying like, you know, look, you're, you're really doing a piss poor job of this yes, thing that, that, I'm, that I'm paying you to do. <laughs> And then, you know, the name calling ensued. Uh, I'm not sure that negative reinforcement works really no. well on women, especially. Especially when they're eating for stress reasons. I don't think it does on guys either. But, no. Right. No. Good point. Um, 
No, it never works. It's just coaches and, and, and business people do that. But it's a lazy move. I mean, if you're Miss Universe, you know that you're supposed to, you know, you fucking walk across the stage in a bikini. Right. You can't just get fat. Like, it's not cool. And then she goes off like, oh, I've been uh, I've been a voice on this issue for 20 years. Uh, in fact, no, you haven't. You've, no. you've never even mentioned it. And then Hillary Clinton has to come out and act like Oh, and she, by the way, she might have killed, she might have killed someone back in Venezuela. <laughs> I don't hold that part against her. Yeah, so, yeah. I, I mean... I'm kind of attracted to hot hot foreign women who kill people. I don't know, that's one of my genres. Yeah, I would say if you're Venezuelan and you, you murder someone over there, I, I don't think no, she's a threat count. to murder you or anything No, that like doesn't that. really... Murders in Venezuela, don't, not to the first two or three, don't count. The thing about Latin-type women like that that are built like that, they are going to gain... Some some weight at some point. Well, no, she said she lost like twenty pounds before the competition, so she was heavier before. She just ballooned up like a Mexican. Yeah, bride. like she was having a wedding, like she was having a wedding yeah. to, to Donald Trump. And I agree with you, Trump is. He, he, I think he's more business focused than anything else. I think if it was a man, he would have said the same demeaning comments to the yeah. man. He would have called him a, fat, a lard ass and a fat ass and get off your fat lard ass, <laughs> whatever he would have said. But he doesn't know that you're not allowed to say that to women. And I, but I contend that that's uh, he's a almost seventy year old guy. That that is very, very typical of all 70-year-old guys in this country. Right. They're all like that. He just doesn't – he lacks the, the speech control to close off his mouth because he's such an ass. But he, with this idea that we're going to call him out as a sexist, and especially guys are going to do that, that's where I find the hypocrisy. Oh, right. Yeah, guys doing that is, is ridiculous. I mean, on, on the other hand, I can't think of too many scenarios uh, where a guy would get yelled at because he gained – 20 pounds. Well, I know, I know there are some. If you're shooting a movie, for example, over oh, yeah. the course of nine months, fucking Chris Pratt can't gain 20 pounds. He'd get yelled at and called fat ass by someone. Yeah. yeah. Um, here's the thing. Trump, at the end, again, still an asshole, just saying, he, I don't, there's never been an accusation of him touching anybody, him assaulting anybody, any women, him. There's no, there's no even accusation of him not hiring women. He's promoted women in his company. Yeah. He's got his daughter, who he's got an odd affection for. Mm. Uh, He's certainly slept Say with certainly slept with and married a lot of women, and he seems to treat them okay. So I don't know. There's he's no... an equal opportunity asshole. Yes, guess I mean, what? that's what equality is. If, yes. he, if you know someone's an asshole, uh, that doesn't mean he's sexist necessarily. He's just a no. fucking douchebag to humans. No, and I think guys are, have a tendency to be a little meaner to women, and women probably have a tendency to be a little meaner to guys, just because they don't understand the other gender as much. Mm-hmm. But I, I think we need like a. I was talking before the race, and we need like a scorecard of like a level, a one through ten, or something like that. Right. Where not everyone who is a sexist is a ten. You can't just label every guy who calls a woman fat a ten. There's got to be some. There's got to be some. There's got to be some threshold where he's like a six, but they're like here's what a seven, eight, nine, and ten are. There's yeah, no yeah. Nu- There's no nuance to this name calling whatsoever. He, he is getting a little bit, uh, as is anyone that criticizes Hillary. He's getting a little bit of unfair treatment on the sexist front. Like I just saw on the on the Huffington Post on their cover, on their front page, it said uh, Donald Trump once joked to Howard Stern that vagina is expensive. And it's like, okay, yes. everyone has said that. That's true, by the way, yes. if you've ever dated or, yes. or tried to get laid. And Howard Stern knows it very well. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. with the various settlements. So it's like, so you're criticizing him for something that, whether or not you want to admit it, we all know is factually accurate, that he said 20 years ago. Yeah, that's right. And also, by the way, in the Huffington Post was a big article, lead article. I love reading the Huffington Post. 
for thinking, so I can think exactly the opposite way. Was it? Uh, let's be. It says, "Be honest. If you don't like Hillary Clinton, it means you're sexist." Right. That's like what? What? Be honest. Your fucking website blows. Yeah, ladies, stupid ladies. All right, getting off that topic. Trump. You got. I'm giving Trump a, a point. A point. I'm still have I'm giving Trump a point. I'm being overly. Uh, being hit a little too hard on the sexist thing. I think I think all guys have to have to lay in there for a little a little bit on the sexist chart. Yeah. All right, Matt. Let me ask you. I know something got you very. Uh, should you not, Stigman? I want to bring up something this week. I read one of your articles. And I, I know you're a very uh, uh, hostile person, uh, which <laughs> I have a, currently have a restraining order, and also have Brian between us, between the two of us. Brian's only got one working arm, thanks to hanging the drapes. <laughs> and hanging the drapes actually means hanging the drapes. Uh-huh. Uh. But uh, I know you get angry from time to time, but I've never seen you quite as angry as when you were talking about E.J. Johnson. Uh, he is the uh, relatively tall, um, would you call him, he's not a tranny, is he a tranny technically yet? Or is he like, because we had no. this talk uh, last two weeks ago, what the definition of a tranny is. is he, he's not a tranny yet, right? He's still a guy who just dresses as a girl. I think he's just a guy that sometimes wears skirts and purses and stuff. All Pretty much all, a lot of makeup. and He doesn't try to pass as a woman. Well, I think it's just that he kind of wore a skirt and no one gave a shit, so he kind of just started doing it more and He more. wears a lot of designer women's clothing, it seems, and he seems to be wearing a lot of makeup. I, I don't think he's trying to pretend he's a woman. I think he's just culturally illiterate, and he yes. thinks this is he's the first person that's thought of this. Yes. Like well, he, we're, so now we're breaking into your, into your hate spiral. <laughs> uh, what is it really specifically about E.J. Johnson, Magic Johnson's son that, that makes you just so filled with spite and animus um is it is it ra- is it racial is it racial no is it homo is it homophobia no <laughs> no it's just that he's obviously so fucking annoying and that if he lived in your house and and you knew that you produced him and i'm not saying because he may become a, a transsexual or whatever i'm just saying that the the fucking look at me thing that that could never subside and just I'm imagine you know eating breakfast with him like hey I, I made these scrambled eggs and he's oh honey like some copying something he saw in fucking the view or and something then eating the eggs in a funny or loud way and yeah. then like showing you how is whatever and like clothes that you're buying like this is Prada it's like yeah yeah that's on my fucking credit card <laughs> yes. you know and essentially anyone that's really into fashion is a fucking imbecile because of all the things to take interest in in the world that's just benign you know um but especially for a guy because you know i'm not saying that oh you need to be out playing football or something but i don't know you you he is, he is six four uh two four two four or two fifty so it might have been a good idea for yes. him at some point he looks huge by the way oh well yeah until you see him next to magic he looks really big but you know magic because uh, the story about magic that i just read in Cookies, Cookie is writing a, a memoir. Oh, you're reading Cookie's memoir, but you had no time for a purpose-driven life. <laughs> no, I'm not <laughs> no, reading Cookie's memoir. Makes <laughs> a lot of us. Is your summer read? So she goes. Ah, I was uh, six months pregnant with uh, EJ, and uh, Magic called me and said, "I got to tell you something. I'll be home right away." Yeah. Which is like, oh fuck you, man. <laughs> like that's such a dick move right there. Like, don't even. You know yes. what? Don't come home. I know it's AIDS. Were, like, you, tra- were you traded? Uh, <laughs> yeah. We're going on a vacation. If you ever call me and tell <laughs> me that, I'm going to be so fucking mad, dude. Or, or don't even leave me that voicemail because I'll immediately go to AIDS. Yeah. Um, so then he locks himself in the bathroom, calls a bunch of people who he fucked without a condom. Can't think of all their names, whatever, whatever. What a fucking douchebag, by yeah. the way. Like, they were newly married, and she stayed with him because she's a whore um, who obviously has no self-respect. So now they produced, these two despicable people produced this 
fucking awful blob of attention-seeking yes. uh, behavior. Who's they on this- produced him in every single way. I think they natured him and they nurtured him. <laughs> well, that's that's what I was getting at. Is if you're magic, you can't be like. Yo, lose the fucking stupid purse. Like, once you're 18, you can... I don't care. But, like, you're just really fucking annoying. Yeah. And and you need to stop with, with the makeup. Not, not because, you know, I have a problem with you expressing your identity. It's just that you're really, really obnoxious. Yes. But you know what EJ is going to fire back with at that point? Hey, didn't you almost give my mom AIDS when uh, she was pregnant? <laughs> she might have, with, uh, we might have it. I might. Yeah, he might, he might have been born with it. I don't know. And, you know, I'm wondering, too, if having that kind of fucked up turbulent life early on if that just might have a little something to do with the fact that you're extremely uncomfortable in your own skin i think i think my theory on that is that uh once magic got once magic got aids once he became the aids poster child basically and he had his son he basically then couldn't say no to his son on anything like right. this whole really obnoxious nancy boy gay effusive lifestyle thing yeah it's like that's his that's his achilles heel is the fact that everyone knows that he was he had gay sex at some point and got aids mm-hmm. and so like he doesn't want to mention it so he has indulged his indulges because i can't imagine most look at most athletes they're like grabbing switches off the tree and beating the shit out of their kids yeah you know most of these especially black athletes are just fucking beating the crap out of their kids for like next to nothing in terms of discipline They'll yeah. come in. They'll come in and just start whacking because that's how they were raised as well. So the fact that he's this indulgent with well, this his annoying son, little cunt kind of exploited that loophole. Yes. Plus, for magic, you know, profiting to some degree off of being uh, the face of HIV, it actually helps him in a way to be like, "Hey, look, I have this super, uh, super gay flaming son. gay kid." <laughs> As well. Why is expressing? So. Why is expressing your expressing yourself uh, as a someone like EJ always involve like accessories and fashion and because people that spend a lot of money on clothes and and accessories, particularly when it's not their money, are the fucking most annoying yes. shit for brains, yeah. fucking dregs on society. It's every fucking cunt yes. walking around Beverly Hills uh, buying diamonds when, when they could be giving that money to charity and still having a fucking attitude about it, which I'll never understand. He's like the poster child for that um, it's a really slacktivist version of expressing yourself which is you've now found a way to express yourself as a minority in the most self-indulgent way in the yeah. self-indulgent way possible like to express myself i have to go buy an expensive handbag right <laughs> like which is sad it really is sad yeah. and, like, fuck i don't know i i don't know how you can raise a kid in los angeles i mean unless i know that very good people turn out of los angeles ivan reitman's kid is doing quite well uh, but fuck! It seems like the deck stacked against you. I mean, once they start buying the the fucking Gucci, it's like shit. well, yeah. But then he's a doll. He's got the money. He's first of all, he's a, first of all, he's a rich kid. Okay, so he's a rich kid. And rich kids always there's a very high prevalence of assholeness among rich kids. Mm-hmm. That's going against you. I think being a minority works against you. Being the son of the most famous AIDS, HIV AIDS person, you know, and an athlete in general, uh, it works against you. And the people around, the peers around you, you associate with, really works against you. There's a lot of, and then the indulgence you receive as a child of a famous person, yeah. where no one says no to you, not your parents, no one else. Everything, everywhere you go in town, you get a seat, you get well catered to, all that kind of stuff. People are kissing your ass. You just get really entitled. Yeah. I but mean, what about like Sting, Gordon, whatever? He was like, I'm not even giving him shit, and he's like, he does yoga. That guy's yeah. like spiritually enlightened. He figured it out. Why is it so tough for fucking uh, Chris Jenner to figure out? Uh, I don't know. I, my my point is. 
is I'm going to finally get down to this thing about why you really hate E.J. Johnson. I think, it was like, I think at one point you thought you probably crossed paths with him and thought it was a woman maybe and got a, an urge, nice feeling about him and now you're really resentful about the whole thing. No, any woman taller than me, I'm, I'm immediately suspicious about. Yeah, he's a tall... And this whole Rich Kids of Beverly Hills thing, this whole reality show glorification, that obviously compounds everything and makes it 10 times worse. Mm-hmm. Which is now we're, we're taking the fact that you're a loser... And we're vindicating you, vindicating you, and, and asking you to do it even, you do it even more so. Right. Uh, and that's going to be your career. So if your career is like my career is just being uh, putting on pretty dresses, and you're a man, that's not a good. That's not a good sign of your stage of your of your career. Right. Uh, poor EJ. All right, uh, Matt. I just want to know that we'll get to the bonus at some point. We'll put you in hypnosis or something. I get what he's doing. Like he's, I think he went out with a purse one time. They did this study where they had people, it was a college study, they had people walk down a hallway, right? And then they had them walk down the hallway again wearing a, a super obnoxious shirt, I can't remember, an embarrassing band, I can't remember yeah. what it was, like, um, I don't know, Oingo Boingo or yeah. something. I love the Oingo And then they asked people to report on what they noticed, and the, the thing is, the results showed that no one really notices shit or cares about you. Yes. Just no one really gives right. a fuck what you're doing. And so I think for him, that really stung because of the whole, you know, he's been going to fucking Mr. Chow and schmoozing since he was nine. So he goes, I, I got to step it up. He starts doing the more and more absurd makeup and body yeah. uh, grooming, you know, eyebrow shit. Like he can't outdo his father on the court. So this is his way of getting noticed. Like this is the son's way and, of getting noticed. Yeah. And now he's painted himself into this corner where he just looks like a fucking tarred fuck. <laughs> and... and and I'm supposed to be like, oh, what a guy. Like, no, you're a fucking asshole. <laughs> he does have nice shoes. Uh, <laughs> all right, we're getting away from EJ. I don't want to see you break the table in anger, Hulk. <laughs> uh, Matt, let me ask you. Playboy magazine, I know uh, you used to subscribe and read that you had the centerfolds out. You read for the articles. Uh, Playboy magazine last year uh, had... God, I don't remember when Playboy was actually relevant. I must be getting fucking old. I remember kids would sneak a fucking Playboy to school in like oh sixth grade God. to like when the kids were like 11, the boys are 11. It's so one kid would have a Playboy and fucking put it in his locker. And then, of course, he had to tell everyone. Then the teacher would find out because he was such a <laughs> fucking ass. He couldn't, no one could keep that secret. It was too good. And they, then he had to admit that he stole from his dad, who was unembarrassed. <laughs> so, oh, God, that would be embarrassing. Those things were so fucking awesome when you were younger. They were like gold. You know, you'd have a friend with an older brother. Yep. You'd go into his drawer. And I, I mean, could you... The, the captivation, the the entertainment value was second to none. Before you, uh, at a time before you knew that that older brother was using it to masturbate constantly, <laughs> <laughs> that, that kind of ruined the fantasy a little they bit. Just stuck together. Also, barbershops, the barbershops, old school barbershops used to have the uh, uh, topless magazines. Oh, so yeah. the old Italian guys would have like a copy of like Sports Illustrated and Playboy and Penthouse or whatever else in there. Right, right. That's just old school. I went to a dentist one time when I was, it wasn't that long ago. I, was, I don't know, 10, 15 years ago. And the dentist had a penthouse. Yeah, that would scare me. That wouldn't scare me a little bit. And I, I never went back to that dentist. Yeah. He had a penthouse in the lobby. I don't mind the barber might be a little dirty, but I don't want a dirty dentist. Dude, even Playboy I get. But yeah. penthouse is for people that Playboy's not dirty enough for. Yes. And that's fine, but not in the lobby. Yeah, I don't want the guy sticking his hand in my mouth also looking at a lot of bare vagina all day yeah, long. That's just, that's just wrong. Uh, Playboy magazine got rid of nudity last year because the first thing you want to do as a nudie magazine is get rid of nudity. Yeah. Uh, it, was a, it was a big... Here's the thing. Playboy magazine is going away anyhow. That whole industry is dying. Yeah. 
So they were dying anyhow. So it was the last gasp. They decided, like, okay, what can we throw off the boat here to keep us afloat for a little longer? So they threw off new. That was just a way for them to, like, show chicks Instagram photos as content, wasn't yes, it? Yes, yes. I mean, so they have near-nude photos. They have near-nude photos. Yeah. What it allowed them to do was to get into a group of advertising they couldn't get into before because the uh, Playboy was the very first magazine that, that had nudity that got legitimate advertising. They had Ford and... Not Coke, but they had liquor brands and beer brands and all that kind of stuff in there. Any product for adult males that was legitimate was in Playboy. Mm-hmm. And that was a big thing to have, like, you know, it was always Crown Royal and Playboy or whatever else it was. You know, it could be a Ford truck and Playboy. Um, and then after a time, we talked about it, like the sort of sexual revolution sort of went backwards after a while. And nudity became like in the last 10, 15 years started becoming very verboten among advertisers. And so Playboy started losing all that advertising, and they were just dying even faster. So they decided to get rid of nudity so they could at least get back to those advertisers and just try and rebrand themselves. It's like a sort of last gasp effort to save themselves. Mm. And I think everyone, we can all agree, it's the dumbest fucking thing we ever, we ever heard of. Because right. we only know Playboy for one thing, and they got rid of the one thing we know it for. Yeah, it's like Ron Jeremy trying to be a legitimate actor. Yes. Like, sorry, we're not casting you. Yes, or ESPN decided they're not going to cover sports anymore. Right, right. That's just, you know, it'll take you a while. You might you might watch for another week or so while you're trying to figure out why they're showing you, like, soap operas or something. But then you're really going to realize, yes, We've it really, really is regressed. gone. For, for, you know, this being a progressive cause of, like, eh, we don't want to exploit women. Like, they showed fucking Deep Throat in mainstream theaters in the 70s. Imagine what would happen now if if uh, Regal Cinemas oh. showed a fucking uh, a scene with essentially a, a movie with every sex act you can imagine. I would think uh, Rick and Katie Warren would have a letter out to them, the Regal, the owners of Regal, fast you can imagine, and shut the whole place down. You know what? I would go. I would go every day, buy a ticket, and and just go about my day just to support them for doing. that. I would too. And the biggest mistake you could make would be actually going into the theater to watch the movie because <laughs> you don't want to. They used to have they used to have those movie theaters where they showed X-rated films, the X-rated movie theaters before the internet, before t- you know, before the video and stuff like that. Guys had to get out in a trench coat and fucking go out mm-hmm. to a seedy part of town and walk into a movie theater and sit with thirty other guys watching, uh, you know, like you me- like you mentioned, uh, porn films. And you can only imagine the shit that was <laughs> shit that was going on in there. I don't really trust the seats that much to no, begin with. No. So that's where they'd always find like a local school teacher. They'd have a bust every now and then. It was always like it was like a, a minister and a local school teacher. So yeah. it was it was always fucked. I always even as a kid, I thought that was fucked up because they were watching legitimate porn. It was legal. It was like eighteen and over. It was always questionable whether or not it was legal to actually distribute it or see it in theaters. But they were watching adults. They porn. Were bust, I thought they busted them for masturbating. They busted them just for being there. Yeah, when they shut down the O'Farrell Theater, the one that like that Charlie Sheen's brother played, played in that movie, they got busted all the time for indecent, like indecency, basically. Oh, like so it's like a federal. The feds. Are yeah, yeah, exactly. So uh, I always got the never got the trench coat part. <laughs> Like, that doesn't really obscure it. That, if anything, just draws attention it to you. Draws, like, I think. Or are you going to fucking shoot the thing well, up? Well, maybe they let, you know. I'm sure it lets you hook up with other dudes in trench coats. Just let you know you're down. You're down to trench coat. Right. Right. <laughs> I don't. Get I don't really know. But I want to go back to Playboy. So here's what happened to Playboy. Playboy's taking this long ass slide. Everybody can make fun of it. Uh, but today they had their most recent issue, and you sent me this article. I'm glad because you're searching a hijab porn. <laughs> uh, so. They put in their first ever uh, a Muslim woman uh, on Playboy. Not the first ever Muslim woman in Playboy, mind you, because that's happened before. But the first ever woman uh, in a hijab in Playboy, and they hailed this as a big as a big forward. And not only was she in a hijab, by the way, she was fully dressed. I mean, fully fully dressed in every single picture. Yeah. So it wasn't just that she was wearing a headdress. Because if she was wearing a headdress and was naked, that'd be kind of cool. Was she showing like <laughs> ankle or wrist? <laughs> I mean, I think we agree like a Muslim headdress and and full bare tits and vagina that'd be pretty hot. 
<laughs> yeah, there's a chick that does it. Uh, she goes to the Florida, porn, Florida, the Florida por- State. Yeah, the porn chick, right? Yeah, she's great. She might name B-Mails on my She might be faking it, though. I'm no one's killed her. I think she's probably faking her. I think it's an act. I think she's like the she's like what the Iron Sheik is to wrestling. <laughs> but but uh, and they've you know this is really like the end right now. We not like Playboy's running around trying to find shit to do, and like all they're looking at is like what's really what's really culturally significant right now. So we're going to put a fully clothed woman in Playboy now with a hijab and talk about how the changing face of America and how this is the new sexy. Mm-hmm. Uh, is clothed is fully clothed a women who aren't really even that attractive ever going to be the new sexy and. If it is, have we just lost? Have men just completely lost? Well, you can tell us it's the new sexy, but the fact is, you're appearing in a magazine where um, the point of it, for the most part, was guys to masturbate to. Yes. No one's masturbating to the chick in the hijab fully clothed. You may as well masturbate to us weekly. And also, I don't think she'd be too happy with that happening either. No. So it's like you have this totally purposefulist stunt that I can't even it means nothing it literally could not mean any more than nothing what I thought would have been interesting was if they had like what I would like to know and I don't care that much but what might have been interesting is if they asked Muslim women like how do Muslim women feel about like titty magazines right yeah like you're in this what do you think as a young Muslim woman who is like you know sexually progressive although you follow Islam how do you feel about men you know looking at titty magazines I would have liked that answer or that discussion because I don't know anything about how Muslim women think or feel about sexual issues, but that was not covered. That was not covered at all. It was just about how she's a renegade and she's 22 and writes for blogs for her site, and she she wants to be a, the first hijab wearing news anchor. Well, the renegade part made no sense to me because if you're appearing in Playboy that you know is sort of a sexual magazine to be a renegade, does that mean you want to do the first double penetration yes. scene in a hijab? Like, what? How far Again, are you taking that's fucking, this? That's super fucking hot. I don't know. <laughs> It makes like if what do you're I, what adhering do you think, what do you think, to this. I mean, if ISIS, you're so enlightened, why don't you take off your stupid fucking thing on your head? How about that? That's what I. That's what I'm. Look, that's what I'm looking at. And and here's my question: Do you, what do you think ISIS like? What do you think really hardcore fundamentalist Muslims look at pornography wise? I know they found that they were, they were trading secrets like in child porn. That was the Al Qaeda was like trading uh, trading like code words and stuff in child yeah. porn. But do you think they just watch regular old porn? Or do you think they watch women fully clothed women in hijabs just like? I got a moaning. I doubt they watch. They probably watch Western porn. I mean, when they shot Bin Laden, supposedly, um, which I'm not buying, they also found a bunch of porn in his, uh, which I also don't believe. But uh, what I believe they planted in there was uh, just regular. Well, you don't think you don't because you don't think uh, you don't think uh, Bin Laden was uh, jerking off to some porn. Oh, he very well might have been, but I just the whole thing seemed very suspect to me. Oh yeah, we dumped his body in the ocean. All right, way to go. no, I think they probably watch Western porn. About 90% of guys want to fuck blonde chicks, don't they? Uh, yeah, or, I actually, I've actually i been kind chicks. of aroused by this whole uh, hijab chick. If she just would take her clothes off, it would be awesome. I don't think they could go that far with it, though. I think that would weird them out too much. I think so, too. So the whole point is, what the hell is Playboy doing? And why have we as a society regressed so much? It's one thing, like, everyone's always talking about, like, how in the 70s and 80s and stuff, whatever, you go back and look, when they were allowing all this sex on TV and sex in films, and really a very visceral content to come around and legitimize it and have cable came around and started doing late night Cinemax and all this other shit. Everyone said, this is the end of society. Now we're just becoming a sexual fucking orgy and, a, you know, a religious, uh, whatever the hell it is. But it seems like we've actually gone back. <laughs> it seems like we've actually gone backwards in the last like 20 years or so. Yeah. We're like now like the moral standards. You could, like I said, the stuff in the 70s, you could never put on now and not in a regular broadcast or theater. Uh, the, the way we call people names and then shun them for like 
watching porn or the fact that like the Playboy's not having nudity anymore. This is like a really regressive. It is regressive. It's regressive and it's characterized as progressive. I think it's just a matter a matter of women using their vaginas to control things, which I think yes, they have that's done what I'm from talking time about. to time. Because now they're saying we're going to withhold it. I thought, I said like a couple months ago at some point they're going to have a chicken, a burka in Playboy, and I thought it was a joke. <laughs> we're almost there. Very close. Very close. God, I hope she's got big tits. Uh, <laughs> it's one of those see-through uh, burkas. No, but I think, and here's the thing. I always thought like, okay, maybe it's a return of religious, you know, like religious power in the country. But I looked at all the stats and the religious Influence in the country is actually down as well. Mm-hmm. The number of churchgoers, church attenders, the church the money and uh, religious money in politics, all that stuff is actually down. And yet the sexuality is being pulled back. So I'm left blaming, like you said, the controlling vagina, because I think yeah. really it is the rise of women controlling media and women controlling uh, the brands and the advertisers and women controlling these other things that really has caused us to slip back. Where the fact we're not, we're only showing family friendly entertainment now. Yeah, and guess what? The the chicks that are so into liberation, who do they depend on to enforce that? The same male patriarchy that they're blaming in the first place. Yeah, you know they they're gonna want to go topless, and I think we pretty much have that law. But I guarantee they're gonna start lobbying for tickets for people, harassment tickets for people staring at their tits or whatever. And guess who the people are writing those tickets? Dudes that are that also like tits. So you're never really gonna fucking crack this code, but they're trying. That would that be the most hateful job ever? Being the guy who writes tickets to dudes looking at other women's tits. <laughs> like, dude, I'm sorry, sitcom. man. Hey, listen, dude, I'm sorry. I raised, they'd always say like they do with parking. Just, I already started a ticket. I can't stop it. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I, I saw you checking out those fucking hooters over there, man. No, just, I, I got to give you a sixty three dollar ticket. I was just uh, I was looking across the street at that uh, beach. <laughs> you looking at that? We're looking at that rack, sir. I'm sorry. I got to get you going. <laughs> All right, Playboy, no good. Uh, uh, hot chicks and hijabs, I'm okay with it. you got to take some clothes off. You can't do the sweaters and oversized mom jeans. That's not just not cutting it for me. <laughs> There's no way to tell, by the way, if she's really attractive or not. Just That really bothered me the most. So uh, Maybe I, she has a massive head wound. Uh, <laughs> you mean under the hijab? Yeah. My theory also is that uh, also the problem with Playboy. Imagine Hugh Hefner. I was thinking about this today. So he's been like, he's still around somewhere. He's still semi-senile only, so he's still probably aware of what's going on. He's now living in a house that they sold out from underneath him. He's like a renter. He's like the top floor of the house that they left him in. Yeah. He's in like a fucking diaper. He's like walking around. And then he's like gets the latest copy of Playboy. And he's like going to see like, I'm going to see some of those titties and vagina, right? And no, there's all gone. And there's a woman like in a hijab being talking That's about. That's the like, one saving grace about this whole thing is Hugh Hefner gets to feel like everything was taken out from under him before he does. <laughs> that is really horrible. Hi, Matt. Let me ask you. Uh, I'm going to skip this question of quality because I think we covered that enough. Uh, Eddie writes an email. People don't name their kids Eddie anymore. I think that was a great old name. I don't know why Eddie's not a name anymore, but I'm glad that Eddie wrote in. Not Edward. Edward is just a fey guy. Eddie. Edie. Eddie's the guy who could teach you shit on the street. He knew all the shit, right? Uh, isn't it? Let me, this question seems a little bit loaded from Eddie, but let me read it as is. Is it a good thing or a bad thing that big, lazy, ugly, underperforming basketball fails are apologizing to the Players Tribune? <laughs> I think I know the I think I know the answer going forward. I think he's talking about Blake Griffin, right? Did you read Blake Griffin's apology letter to the Clippers fans in the Players Tribune this week? Yes, <clears throat> um, I wouldn't call him a basketball fail, or he is ugly um, or lazy. I wouldn't call him that, but. Uh, yeah, it was embarrassing. Like that letter that he definitely wrote that himself. I'm sure yes. it took an inordinate amount of time. Um, that was more than he wrote in total at what was it, Oklahoma State or whatever. Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Yeah. 
Uh, it was so emo and fucking lame on many. He started out talking about apologizing to fans for punching that guy, punching the tiny equipment manager, and in then Toronto. it turned into like, and I haven't been dedicated, and I can't remember all the rest of it. Well, then he ultimately blamed Los Angeles for not embracing the Clippers and only oh, embracing. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff about the Lakers town. How the Dodgers, the Dodger fans, all those fucking homies of the Dodgers, oh, right. they, booed they booed Austin Rivers. They booed Austin Rivers. They booed him, and they booed Chris Paul and his beautiful son. I was like, okay, right. is it possible that the L.A. fans embrace the Lakers and don't embrace you because Lakers have won 10 championships since 1980 and you've not even played in one? Is that, yeah. is, that, is that possibly an explanation? Right, and it's the same people at the Dodgers and, and Lakers crowd. That's like the dirty yeah. L.A. loyalist crowd. Like, they have their teams. You yeah, know? but they're all fucking frontrunners. If the Clippers won five rings in a row, they'd all be Clippers fans. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they would, they would not be. They'd be booing fucking who was ever on the Lakers now. Uh, Dodger Stadium's full of fucking miscreants. Like, who cares what the people at Dodger Stadium think? Uh, Blake does, and, and Chris Paul's little son. Beautiful they booed son. a beautiful little <laughs> child. A, little, a beautiful little Chris. CP's. He's a CP's child. Uh, <laughs> isn't it a good idea for athletes ever to write apology letter? I mean, he, he apologized specifically, like you said, for he broke his hand when he punched the guy in the face, the little guy in the face. And so he was out. He was coming off a leg injury, I think, as I recall. He finally got healthy from the leg injury, and then he broke his hand and punched this equipment manager he got in a fight with his face and he was out even longer and this this apology comes what six months after that happened yeah, or so? six months. and he was generally it's obviously the start of the season is happening soon which is why it came out right. but his idea like last season was bad we underperformed we all know that is there any reason for a paid performer a paid athlete or paid performer to ever apologize because ultimately doesn't the only thing that matters is if they win or they lose yeah yeah i i mean i think a uh a nice little paragraph apology would be fine. I'm really? sorry I beat the shit out of that tiny little man. <laughs> yes. Um, but the whole thing about getting booed and all that involved shit was like, you know, we don't need that from you. There's a hundred hacky sports writers who will do that. Um, yes. That same thing. You know. My feeling is, if you win, you can never glo- you can you should you should never gloat enough, and if you lose, you can never apologize enough. Like nobody gives a shit. Like if you win, people love you no matter what. If you lose, people hate you no matter what. You can't change that with a fucking emo essay. That's never gonna. That's never gonna happen. Yeah, and and as I've learned, you know, sort of apologizing for minor things here and there, just just let it go, you know, because it just reminds people of stuff. It makes you look like oh, this guy just just fucking drama. You know what I mean? Like it was a real bitch move, I think, and I don't think it'll do him any favors because the thing about that team that people find annoying is they whine. Uh, yeah, so they, that's what I'm he seems as a crybaby to begin he's with. He's whiny now, like more so, because they whine to officials. They whine about after the game. They whine about shit. Um, so this just seemed to be keeping in, well, this is possibly why you get eliminated in the playoffs every year is because um, you're kind of soft. You're thinking about your essays, your next, <laughs> your next essay in the Players' Tribune instead of thinking about how to score 20 points over... And uh, it's, it rang a bit disingenuous, too, like... It was like, oh, I'm such this uh, this nice, sweet guy. You know, I think about the feelings of children. It's like, well, you were probably wasted, but you did, like, beat the shit out of a guy. Yes. We still don't know why. Why don't you tell me that? I want to read that. What, why'd you kick his ass? All of that, as I say, would be okay if you just fucking win a playoff game. Yeah. If you just win, if you can win a ring, nobody gives a shit. I mean, play, we talk about this all the time. Athletes get away with so much. No matter what happens, no matter what they do in their personal lives, or how many times they get arrested or beat people up, or even fucking kill people. Ray Lewis has a statue. That always kills me. Ray Lewis has a statue of himself outside the Ravens stadium. 
And he actually killed somebody. He killed somebody. Well, Kobe's we don't s- know that he killed the guy. He's simply involved, involved in the murder of Had somebody. all the guy's blood all over him, and yes. uh, he was involved somehow. Kobe will have a stat. Kobe sodomized a woman. He'll have a statue of himself soon enough outside outside of Staples if he doesn't already. People love people love winners and they hate losers, especially when it comes to sports. Yeah, it's a good point. I mean, just win a championship and and you can really go around assaulting all the tiny men you want. Yes, no one's going to give a shit. You can break your hand beating someone up, but no one's going to go like, "Oh my god, I love Blake Griffin. He's so such a badass." That's the difference between being a winner and a loser. I just a player's tribute has to shut. Down. I call it, I call it the red book red book for men. It's just like. And it's just like a, a feel-good, puffery, like, emo. It's so lame. Guys. It's like we started this thing because people were writing mean things about us. And also some of us make a lot of money off of it, too. Yes. It's like, fuck off, man. Yeah. I like, no, one's gonna, no one wants to hear sob stories from people making $100 million. It's just pretty much the bottom line. You get you play fucking basketball six months a year. You get you get twenty five million dollars a year. Nobody wants to hear your fucking complaints. Guys these days are such pussies. I think they enjoy reading about this behind the scenes sports yes. drama more than they actually enjoy watching the games. I'm not sure how many of them actually watch. Yeah. Speaking of guys, man, we have another. I'm going back to back emails here. We got an email from Steven. And this is an open-ended question, something it sounds like. But he said, "Will women ever stop bitching about equality? And what does equality really mean?" And he was commenting on uh, Emma Watson, who will always, I think, forever be known as a Harry Potter chick because I don't think she's ever going to do another movie again of that nature. Uh, she is a UN goodwill ambassador for women feeling good or something like that. I don't know. Okay. The UN just fine. Angelina Jolie is a, a, a good. She was a great choice. Not not a woman who had acid thrown in her face for uh, being accused of fucking the neighbor, but you know the chick from Harry Potter. Yeah, yes. Makes so she started the He for She campaign, which is all about. There's always a new take on how to get equality for women, and every woman has a new take on it. And this one is like the men are gonna men are gonna lead the way to women's equality. It's on it's on men to do this, which seems sexist by the seems inherently sexist by the way. Like oh fuck, men have to do more work, all the hard work again. Uh, so she once a month goes to speak at the UN because she's, she's a celebrity and they just want her to show up. And she had this uh, producer's video or headlined this video called Hurdles. It's like a short video that shows women, the Olympics, uh, first Olympics, I think in 1960 or 64, women were allowed to compete in hurdles because God knows it was a rough life before you could compete in hurdles. Mm. And uh, as these women are going in slow motion over the hurdles, talks about all the great accomplishments of equality for women. But then at the very end, after they pass through the, the tape, the winning tape, Mentions and the the music changes. It's very somber. They mention the four or five things still horrible in this world that are happening to women. Uh, my question to you, Matt, is: uh, A, okay, let's assume we don't care that much. B, uh, what is the finish line? What is using this hurdles metaphor? What is the actual finish line for women, or at least the UN Goodwill Ambassador woman, in terms of equality? Where do we actually reach that, or is it just a completely moving target, which would be a great race for women because they can't run as far, they, they collapse? Yeah, the sports metaphor is kind of ironic because, frankly, men went out of their way to give you your own <laughs> yes, events because yes. you can't compete in the real ones. Yes. Um, I mean, you saying Bolt run by, all the women would have been <laughs> would be classic. Yeah. Uh, there, so in the U.S., I mean, she's a U.N. ambassador, so obviously there's some major issues with women, especially amongst some of the U.S.'s closest allies. Um, but there is no uh, struggle left for women in the United States. They have all the laws. Uh, they earn a little bit less because they, they work much less often. And Inter- more intermittently, right? And they, get just, preg- they get pregnant. They aren't necessarily as concerned with their careers it's mostly a testosterone thing that leads people to work you know 18 hours a often day they're the se- often women are the, se- the second income in the family so they're not the main primary income in the well, family they have children, they so have children right there 
I don't see how it could be totally equal because you're you're going to miss some time when you have. A, a but they're they're, they're, they're less likely to become super ambitious and involved in the rat race and try to get ahead professionally as a means of accomplishment and achievement yeah, than guys are. There are just some very basic biological differences between. Yeah, the, they have the a much richer. And fuller life outside of work, whereas men just work and then try to beat the crap yeah. out of each other. It's like these stupid campaigns you always see where it's like the water shortage affects women more, much more than men because they have to go find the water. It's like, what's the guy doing? Fucking watching TV? Yes. Like, where's the dude? Where's my he's, water? He's out, like, fucking scavenging for a fucking monkey carcass. Where's my water, bitch? And I, I don't know. I just, like, I want to say that. Uh, no, that's true. I think... So they do all this. When you ever see the horrible stats on the education or like the enslavement, or else, you're right. It is always a third world. It's always a third world they're talking about. So my question is like, when like this is a battle for equality. If you have equality, when do you like call a ceasefire and just say, okay, it's 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 over. We got it. We well, got, I think we now. I think that they won. I think yeah. right now for your average job, just for your average. So maybe you took a few things in the service industry, maybe in the in the science engineering field, maybe in the academic field. I, I would think, by and large, if you're a woman, you have a better chance of getting hired if you have the same resume than you do as a man. Yeah, I, I agree with you, and I think that the the things that women don't have, the th- things that women aren't equal in, I don't think they can ever be equal. I think it's a physical, anatomical like hurdles. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly like hurdles. Uh, they're really, they, they're, I can tell you, this, they're winning all the UN goodwill ambassador jobs. <laughs> those all seem to be attractive. Somehow, those old guys are always getting attractive women to be good, goodwill ambassadors and hanging out with them at parties. It's you know, and it's fucking. I just again, I don't get why. So this is you know, seems like a nice person, Emma Watson. I've never seen her films, but she's very attractive. You've never successful. seen Harry Potter before? No. Wow. Uh, no, I don't have kids. They weren't very good. I, I'm to not be forced to watch <laughs> shitty movies and they pretend that they're good. They weren't very good, Bob. Uh, <laughs> you know. So she's like, yeah, we have it rough as women. It's like, no. The the chick in the fucking Saudi Arabia has it rough. You have it the opposite of rough. Yeah, so you I have like, it like really good. So like that, that girl who was like a teenager who was trying to get the little girls to be educated in Afghanistan and was shot through the head. Yeah. I'll listen to her. Me too. <laughs> like, like I'll listen to her. She seems to have a story to tell. The chicks that do this kind of thing in in the States, like uh, Miley Cyrus. They often can't even name one example of no. what they're talking about. You no. get like Sarah Silverman, who I like, saying, uh, you know, I wasn't paid for doing this same spot. And anyone that knows comedy is like, well, it makes no sense. And then she was like, yeah, I kind of made it up. Yes. That was her number one thing. Yes. That was her best example. With something completely made up. Yes. I agree. And also, Emma Watson, by the way, was the same person we talked about it was a long time ago, but I've been tracking this. When she said she was going to use designer dresses but wear the same dress like 50 times mm. and therefore it was good for the environment. How noble. Yes, I have not seen her in the same dress <laughs> a second time since the time she stated that. So I just want to go on the record saying I believe she was probably lying. Are there guys, I'm sure she was, are there guys that go out with chicks and they talk about this kind of thing and they just pretend that what they're saying makes any semblance of sense? Because I do the opposite and they, they seem to respond well to it for the most part. Or they tell you to fuck off. I think guys have become, I think uh, this is a larger issue and Brian's going to wave his fucking uh, one good finger at me. <laughs> but I, I'll tell you this, this has become a very, there's been a very big emasculation of the, of the culture in our, in our, at least in the United States. I can't speak for other countries. Where men have become, men have, if you look at evolution, evolution takes thousands and thousands of years, or eons, before men really change anatomically, physically, all that stuff, right? The important stuff. But culturally, there's been a huge shift. So men are the same as they were 50, 60 years ago. We're 99.99 and whatever degree is exactly the same as the men of 50 years ago. But the culture has changed dramatically. Mm-hmm. And I think the emasculation of, of, of men, I think it's because of single moms, and I think it's because of women in the workplace, and it's because of guys allowing this to happen, and some of it was a quality that had to happen. 
guys are much more. We talk about Trump with the sexism. Guys are raised now to be very. They have the same thoughts. You can't change a guy's thoughts. They still want to fuck the hot cheerleader. They still want to look at tits. Whatever you're going to do, they still want to ogle women. All that shit doesn't go away. They still want to call the fat girl, make jokes about the fat girl. Uh, but they're so scared to admit that now, especially publicly, to like be who you know, admit who they really are. It's almost like guys, just like gay people were. They, oh, guys, straight guys have gone into the closet. They've had to hide what they're. You know, guys have fucking. D- dirty thoughts. Guys are fucking animals, right? Yeah. They've had to fucking really hide that a lot in the last 40 or 50 years from what it was before. Whereas they're the exact same person as their dad or their grandfather, but now they've had to completely change their behavior. And I think it's really causing a huge amount of problems. Not just the superficial shit, but guys are just fucking scared shitless to stand up to women. Well, it's, and, a real, yeah. it's a real crazy, and they, crazy And they thing. feel like they can't, you know, sort of be themselves since everyone's supposed to be this free spirit. And I guess that doesn't apply to some dude who's just you know, he's stuck in this class listening to the lectures by fucking, you know, poetry by the Maya Angelou. And he's like, I don't, he's looking out the window like, yes. fuck, man, I want to go do some monkey bars. And, and, it, and well, they drive, now they, you know, they do with the boys, little boys, not to get too conspiratorial, so they fucking drug them. Yeah, they put them on Ritalin. <laughs> they put them on drugs. Like, they put them on meth, and then fucking 20 years later, they shoot up a fucking mall. Yeah, if you're the kid who wants to, like, beat things in the, uh, with playground or start busting things up, they put you on fucking medication. And they, I mean, I want to say, boy, every boys used to beat the crap out of each other. It's fucking remember, you kill the carrier. We call it even worse names. Where you just throw the ball, something never fucking beats the crap out of that dude. Was the single most popular game for like ten oh, years? Oh, that 10 game. Years of my life. You didn't call it kill the carrier. <laughs> no, we did not. <laughs> and uh, that's that's what it was politely called. And uh, but that was his more like had the balls, had the ball of Johnny, and everyone just fucking beat the crap out I of Johnny. I fucking hated that game. Yes, everyone hated that game. But it was so good not to be the guy with the ball and just beat up somebody else. That's how boy. That's the natural state of, of nine year old boys, right? Yeah. And now boys do that. They fucking like get punished. They get expelled. They get put on drugs. They put on medication to make them soft, make them softer and more, you know, emotive and less physical and all that kind of stuff. And it's just like it's a huge problem. This is a huge. They're gonna problem. start with the hormones. They're gonna start with the hormone therapy. Well, we bit. talked just a few weeks ago about the uh, the guys how guys are becoming less strong from thirty years ago. They're testing less physically strong they were. Well, because when you're sitting there and and just absorbing all this bullshit about trigger warnings, you, you're producing less testosterone uh, by nature. Yes. So I think in our lifetimes, all men will have just large breasts. That's just, it's, it's, the next generation is just going to have next generation boys is be growing with just growing big old tits. That's what happened to EJ? Yeah, and that's why tampons are going at Brown. And the tampons are going in all the all the uh, the men's men's rooms as well. They know what's coming. They got predictive predictive sciences there. All right, this is horrible. I, I agree with you. This is like I think at least say like, look, the U.S. has done really well, but you know Djibouti needs to do better. Can you just fucking say that? Yeah. And then I'd be like, yeah, you're right. It fucking sucks for women, Djibouti, but here it's pretty good. You're right, Emma Watson. That's awesome. Then I make you watch all the Harry Potter movies back to back. They could have just made one. All right, uh, our final segment today. Brian, you gonna make it? Are you on painkillers, by the way? No. No, I just wonder if you had any extra to sell. I love pain. I love having a love painkillers. Is it? By the way, when you go to the doctor, uh, Brian uh, broke his arm uh, this past week hanging drapes. Speaking of emas- an emasculation of a generation of young men. Uh, <laughs> And uh, whenever you go to the doctor for an injury, like, you know it's going to hurt for like 24 or 48 hours or really bad, 72 hours maybe most. They give you about five months worth of like Vicodin. <laughs> they give you just like, 
Hey, it's gonna hurt for a couple days. Here's a jug of here's a jug of Vicodin. Like, why don't they just give you like five and say like, okay, look, if it's still hurting in a few days, come back for more. I think they size you up based on your face. I, think so? I, th- I think if you're like Scott Wyland, they don't do that. I think yeah, well that's true too. But there's like I imagine everyone who's ever been injured has a stash of like Vicodin and Percocet and stuff like that in their somewhere in their drawer. By the way, Brian, don't throw that shit away. Because like two years from now, you're going to be doing something that you don't want to tell people about and you're going to hurt yourself. You're going to want that shit, want that shit around without going to a doctor. My advice to you, son. Uh, our last statement today, panties in a bunch. Uh, Matt, what has me uh, panties in a twist today, I, somewhat ironically, is bisexuality. All right. So I was willing to go down this road that like everyone's like straight, and then I'm willing to go down the road that like 10% or so of the population is, 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 het- is homosexual. And men like men and women like women, and they're born that way, and I totally accept that. I don't think I ever didn't accept that, but now I'm totally on board that everyone should accept that. But now there's bisexuality. Now we're just veering into this and, and, and all sorts of other asexuality, plural, whatever the fuck it is. I have to like two women and one guy. I have to like two guys and one woman. I need a fucking cat in the room purring when I'm having sex. I don't know but like, which is fine. Everyone has their fetish. But now everybody wants their sexual proclivity basically to be adopted as a meaningful standard, a meaningful social standard. So last week, I don't know if you know, was Bisexuality Visibility Day, which if you thought it meant hot chicks making out, it did not. It absolutely, it absolutely did not. Uh, Bella Thorne, who's a big uh, TV Nickelodeon or Disney TV person, and she's got eight, eight, 10 million Instagram followers, influences a lot of young women, came out as bisexual. I don't know how you come out as, bise- come out as bisexual. Because I think it just used to mean gay, uh, <laughs> but she's like promoting this thing that we, you know that we're all bisexual, we're all whatever. Like, no, I don't think that's true. Is bisexual? Let me ask you before I go on my full rant: Is bisexuality actually a real thing, or is it just another thing made up so people who aren't really gay can have something too, or people that are gay don't have to call themselves gay? Um. Well, there are certainly if if you're a guy. You're, you're not bisexual. You're, you're just a gay guy. Yes. Obviously. Um, Bise- uh, uh, bisexual seems like something you conveniently come up with when your wife walks in on you sucking a dude's dick. Like, yeah. Like, no, honey, let me tell you about my bisexuality. They've, yeah, they've done studies to prove this. Women are, you know, a lot more... Um, Intimate there's, with the no, same sex. There's no real visceral reaction that a woman gets when she sees another woman's ass or anything. Either way, if she's into it or not. Whereas a guy fucking another guy, if you're not a gay guy, you're sort of repulsed by that. It's, t- it's either your thing or it's not your thing. Yeah, there's there's no gray area <laughs> no. on this one. No. As far as chicks go, you know, there's young chicks. They like to experiment. They've been doing it in college for a long time. They hook up with chicks. It's cool. Um does that make you technically bisexual? I suppose it depends because you can't really say you're not gay anymore, right? I would say if you fucked a dude, you're a gay guy yes. for the rest of your life. Yes. I don't care if you're married. I don't care how many kids you have. You mean Tom Hardy saying how he used to date guys, but he doesn't date guys anymore? Yeah. <laughs> you're just gay. Yeah. And you weren't 13 at sleepaway camp, by the way. You were 28. <laughs> and you were on like grinder. Okay. That's a little different. It doesn't take full penetration or even any kind of heavy petting to uh, make that decision. Yes. You, you've already made it up, and what's done is done, and that's fine. There's, it's totally cool. I, there's I, nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with it. Chicks, you know, I guess you can put a label on it, like, ah, I like to get freaky and hook up with chicks sometimes. Most of them end up with dudes. Yeah. So I guess I would have to say they're obviously more straight than, than gay. Also, there's no, uh, for women, there's no real consequence to being having lesbian experiences. 
Uh, I mean, maybe in those uh, in those nineteen fifties movies uh, for Oscar that are Oscar winners nowadays. <laughs> the ones the ones where the guys have to show why lesbians were really beat, put upon, like in the old days. Yeah. But basically, in this day and age, there's abs- absolutely in fact there's a, a benefit to being either gay or, or bisexual. Coming out saying you sleep with women these days because there's not only not a stigma against it, it seems really super cool. Mm-hmm. So it actually lends it actually lends credibility to you in the sort of teen social media culture. Yeah. So there's no consequence to it. But my point is, even I don't like to. I never want to agree with the evangelical right. I think you did earlier in the show. Uh, but they always said, like in this gay marriage thing, like if if you allow marriage between a man and a woman, if you allow a man and a man to get married, next thing you know, a man's going to marry a fucking raccoon or whatever it is, or going to marry five women or polygamy or all this other shit. And we're going to have to accept that too, because once you say it's not just this, it can be a man, you know, man can love anybody, right? It can be anything. Is there a little hint of truth to that where? Now that we ha- now that we've accepted like homosexuality is a thing, where people are now just it's going beyond and beyond that. People are saying like everything that I'm into, I'm into furry cosplay. That's my thing. Whatever else, it's no longer a fetish, but now it is a uh, discrimination. It's a protected class. It's a class to be glorified. It's a thing about you. I believe it's all like the special snowflake theory stuff. Anyhow, yeah, people just want to be different because they can't differentiate themselves in meaningful ways. Right. But now they all want to be like they want a day. They want a special thing. They want legislation saying they're going to be protected from this or that. Isn't what the evangelical right said about that shit a little bit true? Um, maybe a little bit. I think the animal thing is pretty far off because clearly there's got to be a consensual. Um, partner in that. Yes, that's true. Um, You've never seen a fucking horny raccoon before, dude. Like, but, you know, like a little sack. They're pretty warm. I would think that the guy was that was fucking that dolphin that you were telling the, me about. Yeah, the, what, yeah, I, was I still you. haven't watched that. Um, no, you know, you know what? Actually, whatever you're imagining is good enough. Okay, good. Yes. Uh, see, the dolphin could have killed him if it wasn't into it. Uh, dolphins are, as you know from animal rights activists, dolphins are even smarter and more evolved than humans. Well, then I think that would mean they can have consensual sex. With and or the, the dolphin was raping him. Some guy. <laughs> yes. Uh, was taking advantage of him with the fucking flippers. But the, the weirdos before the gay, you know, when the gay marriage sort of fiasco was in full tilt, they would, they would say, um, uh, the weird people would say, well, if a guy can marry another guy, then he's going to be able to marry uh, two, then three people can get married together. And my point was, I don't give a shit about that no, either. I don't give a shit about that either. Uh, but as, what, long as, you, as long as you don't then step up and say, and I demand special privilege for this. <laughs> Right. Well, I think the privilege is that you can... I don't know how many people are advocating to marry like into a three-way. It sounds like the worst idea that I've ever heard of. Oh, yeah. I know somebody in it. Really? Yes. I've mentioned this before. It's a woman with a uh, homos- two homosexual men. And as far as I can tell, they kind of married her so they got a baby to make her take care of it. But nobody, oh. wants, to, nobody, wants, to, nobody <laughs> wants to say that to her because the way she describes it is very progressive, a very socially progressive thing. Uh-huh. But as far as I can tell, she doesn't get laid. The two guys have a lot of sex and go on lots of trips without her, and she takes care of the kid. So it was like uh-huh. her or a Guatemalan nanny, basically. She proved to be a little less expensive. Right, right. I think, from, guys, I don't care how progressive and gay, gay progressive guys are. They're still guys. They're still going to look for an angle to screw over women. <laughs> That's just how guys are. That was very, uh, very smart on, their, on yes. their point. Very shrewd. Yes. We don't want you to be our nanny. We want you to be our wife. Oh, here's the kid. We're going to Hawaii. Oh, <laughs> I feel sorry for this chick. Uh, uh, well, you know what? She feels really good about how progressive she is, so it works out well, well for her. Well, I don't too. think it's going to start being like, by the way, anytime, I don't even get getting married, like going down to the courthouse. That seems really stupid to me, but um, I don't know. If there's going to be a guy going to register as an asexual, that's going to piss me off. Because well, it's like, I don't care. Well, know? they're changing the pa- They're going to change the passports. They're going to change all the designations, all the stuff. The pronouns are going to change all the shit like that. 
I don't. Most of I just, just kind of find kind of annoying. It's a private, private institution; they can do whatever they want. But aren't we really getting to the point now? And, and this is like this Bella Thorne, like she's forms a lot of impressions among young people. Mm. And it used to be in the fifties, okay, Annette Funicello or someone was forming fake impressions for young girls about making like everything look okay when it wasn't okay. Mm-hmm. But now it's like, okay, this shit is all. It's all cool to be whatever you want to be. Now they're making things look not okay when they are okay. Yes, yes. It's okay to be straight. I think it's okay to be straight still. And the vast majority of people are born that way. And that you should not be finding whatever, however you want to differentiate yourself in society and show an accomplishment. Your sexuality should not be your, should not be your accomplishment. Your proclivities no. for who you like to have sex with or, or snuggle with at night should not be your accomplishment. Yeah, you've been, you've been f- fingering yourself thinking about uh, Cara Delevingne that that shouldn't be part of your identity. That should be something you can tell, talk to your friends about it. Yes. But it shouldn't be a public thing. You certainly shouldn't, shouldn't get any credit for it. If you're hot, if you're hot, come talk to me about it's it. Not I'd an like, to, like to hear that. Now, okay. So we come out. Can you say? Can you and I both say for uh, bisexual uh, uh, bisexuality visibility day? We did nothing, and we could, we, we wouldn't mind if it go away, goes away. Well, it was the first. It was the first annual, by the way. I, it, it was not visible to me. I did not know it was happening. I have to believe where you where you uh, take up residence, which is the gayest uh, single dot point on the entire Google Maps on the Earth. Yeah, uh, they probably look down on that kind of shit. I would bet they look down on that kind oh, of. shit. Oh, these guys aren't bisexual. These guys are full on gay. That's what I mean. They've I would think they look down for a long time. I would think they're probably pissed as a bisexuality day, a bisexuality movement. Yeah, I would think they know that those guys at least are all gay and just not admitting it, and they probably look down on them. They probably think it's kind of funny, you know. I, I I bet you that the the gay guys in West Hollywood, even the the city itself, might volunteer to host the bisexual day and then just pick off all the guys. That's that, not a bad idea. You think for bisexuality parades, they'd have like guys in the chaps, their dick <laughs> hanging out, but they have to say things like, "Hey, girl, you look hot." Like, <laughs> instead of pointing to the guys, they have to point to the girls. Oh, that was a horrible way to end the show. Uh, <laughs> I want to remind everybody we tape at Rocco's Tavern on Ventura Boulevard in Studio City. Uh, Brian had a, what kind of pizza you have today? Brian, something awesome? Yeah, it was pretty good. Oh, that's a ringing endorsement. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> ring. Gotta work on your pay wow. endorsements a little better, Brian. Brian's been taking some classes on broadcast. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was really, I think everyone's moving to Rocco's right now. It is an amazing place. Great pizza, great beer. Uh, for sound engineer, the stars, Brian working with just his left hand, which is, is that your masturbation hand you broke or not? I mean, does that really hurt you a lot? <laughs> you got some, imagine after all these years, you gotta learn a new hand. That's gotta be fucking rough. Uh, Matt, you have something you wish to pip and promote outside of that disgusting thought? <laughs> uh, Twitter at Matthew Ralston. Uh, find me on Facebook too, and and um, and uh, fucking uh, and MattRalston.net. Are you and EJ Johnson going out this week to hang to, to reconcile or heal old wounds? I don't know where he hangs out, but no. You know what? I'm, I'm going to try to get him on the show. Let's do it. He'll do yeah, it. I bet he would do it. I would he totally would do it. If you had a camera here so you could see what he was wearing. But we're going to have to let him talk for a while, and then when he leaves, I'll talk, because he's just going to talk the whole time. That's a, you guys can arm wrestle. I bet he beats you. Uh, Close. <laughs> this is Lex. Last Man on Earth. Talk to you next week. <laughs>